Thanks for listening to another episode of the HeartShare Group Podcast. You can find out more information on the services we offer to support ministries and organizations by visiting our website, theheartsharegroup.com, or by following us on social media. Hey friends, it's Jack Eason with the HeartShare Group, and I'm here with a dear friend, Andrew Jackson, who is, uh, I like to say, the marketing guru uh, at uh, one of our partner ministries, uh, 88.7 The Bridge in uh, Del Marvin. He'll be talking about that probably throughout our interview time together, but it's uh, great to see you, man. Hey, thanks Jack, for, it's good to be with you too. Thanks for sitting in with us. We're going to talk about something I think is very interesting as well as important. Um, for nonprofits, whether you're a pregnancy center or you're a nonprofit radio station, you're a missions agency, and that is marketing. Now, I want to tell you up front, we're gonna we're gonna stay high. We're gonna look at the thirty thousand foot view because there's a lot of things that we could talk about in marketing. But um, Andrew's been doing this uh, for many many years in the nonprofit organization that he serves. And uh, so we're just going to ask some questions to get you started today thinking about it. Uh, and hopefully you have been thinking about it because uh, I don't want you to let marketing sound like, you know, a, a, a scary word or a secular word. The truth of the matter is whether you're in ministry or you're a nonprofit or you're a business or whatever, you have to think uh, at some degree about marketing and how to reach people. So we're going to talk about some of that today. So um, so anyway, thanks for being here. Absolutely. When you think about marketing, uh, I know we have a lot of people watching today uh, who are from all kinds of different, um, as we said, all kinds of different organizations. Uh, how important is figuring out, uh, what's, I guess, the foundational thing that you would say people need to start with when they think about marketing? What's some things out of the gate? Immediately out of the gate, you've got to know who you are and what you're about. Mm. Um, it's, it's important that you either have a mission statement or a vision statement and then translate that into the goals that you're trying to reach for your organization. That is the primary message you're going to send out to an audience. Right. So knowing who you are and what you're about is key because if you cannot clearly convey your mission or your vision that your organization mm -hmm. is trying to achieve, uh, it's going to come across muddled to the audience. And there's nothing worse than having a confusing conversation with someone who you're trying to persuade to support your mission or vision. So in order to do that, you have to sit down and really analyze um, what it is your heart at work doing. Identify that felt need or that group that you're trying to solve a problem for. And once you get a real fix on that, you can then turn that into um, an actionable mission statement. Yeah. Um, once that translates into your, your branding, uh, everything that you convey, any images you put out, any video or audio or printed material, um, any digital material, that would be website, emails, mm -hmm. social media, any of those assets that you present to the public, they have to be um, in support of that mission vision statement. They have to reflect or convey your brand, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So for instance, uh, at the radio station that I serve, there is one core mission that we um, what we do is we like to connect people to God and each other so that we can strengthen their lives and their relationship with Him. Hmm. Now, to do that, we have things like playing the right song at the right time. That's a phrase that we use, the right song at the right time. It's catchy and it's memorable, but it also conveys that sense of what we're about and what we hmm. do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, that's good. It could be much different for your organization, but if you can boil down all that you do into a few key elements 
and then convey those in a way that's um, engaging or eye-catching or intriguing would probably be the best way to put it. Uh, if you can intrigue the audience to say, what do you mean the right song at the right time? If, and in fact, I guess if they have to ask, what do you mean? You've got more work to do. Right, yeah. So <laughs> That's good. That's right. good. You know, I, and a lot of us, I think we want to we wanna jump out of the gate and just go do what it is we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that you're sharing are so uh, foundational because if you if you do jump out of the gate and you start doing things like you said, your message can be muddled. People don't understand who you are. If they don't understand who you are, they don't know what they're what they're supporting when it comes to uh, fundraising and donor development, all the money things that we that are important for nonprofits. Um, it's harder to get them to give to it if they don't really even know what no. you what you are. If you're kind of schizophrenic, one day you're saying you're about this, and the next day you're about that. Right, and to to get clear on what it is that you're doing actually in the field or that you're about in the office uh, each day trying to put that together and put the nuts and bolts in place so that you can do what you do. Uh, A good way to get clear on that is to look back at what you've been doing the last couple of months and analyze it. Hmm. It sounds uh, boring and and critical, but uh, when you go out to your next event, keep your eyes open and your ears open and your heart open to see who it is you're impacting, Hmm. what Mm -hmm. difference it's making in their life, like what feedback are you getting? feedback from your donors, especially about why they gave, Right. jot all that down, make a note. You can type in notes in your phone. You can jot a note down on a piece of paper, or you can make a, a, you know, a mental note, but take wide open eyes and wide open ears and examine what it is you're doing mm-hmm. and especially what it is that worked. Yeah. Um, we want to keep an eye out on the things that didn't work so that we can eliminate them. But when we have things that do work, we want to accentuate them and repeat them, or we want to see if we can drive them deeper. Yeah, that's good. Better. That's good. I, I often ask uh, the nonprofit organizations I get to, to serve uh, if their team's sitting around a table. I'll ask the question. Oh, I ask them to write this down because usually, if you ask them to say it vocally, everybody's going to try to match the first person. Right. But if you ask them to write down, okay, who who are you and what is this organization about? And it's remarkable. I mean, you'll have twelve people sitting around a table and you'll get twelve different answers. Um, some of them are similar and maybe they cross over each other with, with some of the content, but how, how important is it? And and for some people listening, uh, they may be thinking, we've got that figured out. We, Mm -hmm. we need to start marketing who we are, but I I think it really is very, very important what you're, what you're telling us and what you're sharing. Uh, how important is it just making sure and, and how did you, how did you guys do it in your organization or how have you seen it work where people really pinpoint their identity? What are some ways for people to do that? Right. Well, you've taken me all the way back to a big meeting that we had with our staff and, and it was very similar, uh, process that we went Mm. through. It was a whole day that we set aside. And first we asked each person, what is the radio station about? Mm. And each one had a slightly different message. Right. So there were some overlaps, <laughs> like you said, but we were all over the board. Mm. So then we took some, it, it wasn't just a matter of saying, okay, great, let's find out where we overlap. And that's what we'll say we're all about. It's not that simple. Right. Because uh, the organization was established for a certain, uh, to meet a certain need. Right. And they were called for a certain purpose. So getting everybody back on that same page is important. Mm-hmm. So we took all of that variety of background. And we continued to look at, you know, when we established this, what were we really about? And we took the whole day to continue refining that, to look at who we serve, why we serve them, how we're doing it, those nuts and bolts every mm-hmm, day, mm-hmm. and then what the outcomes we want to see. Right. So um, 
by doing that, then we kept refining it and kept refining it. And, um, and we came up with language that matched that in a way that all of us could repeat. Yes. Right? Yes. So it resonated with us when we, when we finally uh, boiled it all down. It resonated with each one of us. You know, you'd go around the table and everybody would be like, yes, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. That was the, the heart of what I was getting at when I jot that down my idea. Right. But we got it to the point where everyone was able to know it and say it. Now, we still had it jotted down in front of us. But you want to you get it to the point where when you meet for staff meeting, you can call on anyone. And they should be able to repeat the mission vision statement right. in the words of the organization. Yes. Because they're not going to have their cheat sheets in front of them when That's they're right. in front of a major donor. That's they're right. not going to have it when they're at an event and, and a newcomer says, well, what's this all about? Why are you doing this event today? Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to rattle it off yeah. and, um, and share it not by memorization, but from the heart. Yeah, that's good. How, how important is it? Because you, you, just, you just mentioned something else I think is important, and, and, and it would be real quick for us to just zoom by it and assume that everybody listening knows what, what we're talking about here. But um, you mentioned having the same language. And and words, uh, and I get to share this a lot too, uh, I think words are very, very important, maybe even more so now in, in the year in which we lived in, in past years, um, because words can communicate some things differently to others depending on what the words are. But when you guys went through this process and you figured out some of those words, and, and again, for those watching, uh, we know you're you're affiliated in the in the radio world, radio nonprofit. So you make this apply in your own in your own nonprofit organization. But how important were some of those words, and maybe even what were some strategic words that you chose, uh, your team chose for for you guys? Right. So again, it it came back to language mm-hmm. that could be easily conveyed. Um, things that were simple, simple terms. Right. That spoke to the heart of the mission, right? Connecting God, connecting listeners to God and each other, strengthening Strengthening. their faith and their connection with one another, you know, strengthening Mm -hmm. their lives. So the idea being that these are words that aren't, aren't real heady language. You know, they're not something that's going to trip someone up when you're, when you're repeating that. Mm. Um, And so what we had to do was keep refining that language, keep boiling it down to its most simple terms Mm -hmm. and kept it succinct really short Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. a few beats and not five or six things you're about cut it off at three if you can that's good bring it home land it you know land it as soon as you can we are about you know uh, loving people i think you know creatively loving people through the music and the messages and then connecting and strengthening Mm. those are the terms that we brought it home that's good that's good and and i think even though and some might say well that's because you're radio and you're broadcast medium that you chose us but i and and maybe but i think depending on really not doesn't matter your organization what i like about that and even if you're in the pregnancy center world um which i know if you're if you're joining us today and you're with a pregnancy center um, you have a couple of different audiences, and we're going to talk about audiences in just a minute because you have your clients and you have your donors. But from um, from the strategic side, even those words, they're not very churchy words. Yeah. There's not a lot of Christianese. It, it can, you, right. can, you can use words that aren't churchy words and still use them to, to communicate a message. And, uh, you know, you, again, knowing your audience, 
is very important, whether it's a major donor or whether, again, in a pregnancy center case, it's a young lady that you're trying to get in the center. You you would change your words accordingly, but knowing what they are beforehand right. is important. I think that's the point of what Andrew's sharing with us today is giving that some some really a lot of a lot of thought and picking your words wisely. So uh, obviously, for a radio ministry, you're marketing out to listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you determine in, in any organization uh, the audience? What are some steps to help people who are thinking, okay, well, how do I, how do I determine who my audience is and how do I connect sure. with them? So the audience for any message is is one of the five vital keys to mm. getting success in that message. Um, I would say that if you're going to send out a, a mailing or an email or, or present an event, you've got to have you've got to have five things. You've got to mm. have the right message presented at the right time to the right audience with the right offer Mm. in the right package. Mm. So in order to get to that right audience, believe it or not, you're sitting on the answer right now. You know who your best audience is Mm. by looking at the people who currently support your organization. Right. So what you want to do is either sit down with them and find out why they supported the organization, how they heard about the organization, Hmm. What moved their heart to give or to attend an event or to um, even participate in in the ministry's uh, hmm. service? You know, right. why did they? How did they benefit from right. the organization? Those people that you're currently serving or that are supporting you can tell you so much because there are others like them in your community. Yes, right. So you need to just pick and pick and pick at that gold nugget that you already found because it points to a vein of people yeah. that you can go after. Let, let me let me jump in here too because I think this is this is another thing and we're all so busy at running nonprofits uh, we, we're guilty of just not doing due diligence in some of the areas that seem really simple uh, and we think we've got it figured out so we move to the next one but the the right audience um, most of us maybe have never considered stopping and evaluating and even starting with that question. Why are the people who are giving, giving? How many of us have actually stopped and had that conversation with a donor? Most of the time we just take their money and go, oh, they must like what we're doing. But we never ask the question, what is it about, uh, you know, what we do that motivated you? What moved your heart? What, what, what story was it? What, what, in your case, what song was it? What event was it? Um, so we've got to stop and ask some of those questions that seem, you know, almost trivial, but they are so key. What Andrew's sharing with us today is so key when it comes to uh, the right audience. I just wanted to throw that in there because that's really, sure. really good. So the right audience can be made up of, it is made up of two things. Without getting too deep here, you're looking at what are called demographics and psychographics. Okay, and that's just fancy words for demographics are those um, statistics about age, gender, mm, uh, right. income level, these types of things, right, that you can put a database name to, okay, mm-hmm. or you can search and find matching mm-hmm. people. Those are your demographics. And um, it's good to have a sense of that, of who you're, who you're, primary demographic or your primary target is when you're building out a list of people to approach or a group of people you want to talk to. Then there's the psychographics. These are the whys and Mm. the reasons behind and the feelings and the emotions um, that talk about, you know, why that person got involved with your organization in the first place. Both of these things don't have to be overwhelming. You can sit down and have a cup of coffee with your major donor Mm. and just observe Mm -hmm. and listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after you've observed and listened and you've made notes by reflecting on what they told you, 
or how they behaved in that conversation. You can go, you know, just observe and listen and take some notes. Right. You'll find matching donors or matching, um, uh, you know, people in need. Yeah, that's just awesome. Like that. That's yeah. awesome. So right, the right audience was one. You said the right message, right message. which is kind of, again, figuring out your mission, your vision. Why are you doing what you're doing? What's your messaging? Choosing those words wisely. The right time. The right time. All right. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So um, let's say you have a major event coming up, a uh, dinner, perhaps. Mm. It would be a good idea to send out invitations far enough in advance that people can get it on their calendar <laughs> and make plans to attend. Yes. Um, or if you're thinking in terms of a major fundraiser, you want to think in terms of pay cycles. Mm. That's just one example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would, you know, if if you back up your offer uh, to support your ministry, and you don't give people enough time to consider how that works into their budget, um, you could get shortchanged by getting smaller gifts, mm-hmm. or people might just be out of the giving cycle because they don't have the money at the time. Right. Um, that's that's a pretty you know direct thing, but as far as timing goes. Uh, it also has to be in line with seasons. It's got to be in mm. line with, uh, you know, when people are traveling, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your major uh, ask, your major appeal occurs at a time when most of your community is on, on vacation or out of the town, mm. you know, out of, out of reach, right, right. it's going to fall on deaf ears and it's going to get missed. Yes. If you try to insert your message into one of the busiest seasons of your year, it could get missed. So getting that timing down is essential. And now with things like email marketing, you can drill into performance reports, uh, and you can find out just by testing a little bit, mm-hmm. you can find out very quickly how well an email will perform at a given day of the week, a given time of day, to get better click-through rates and, and then better right. donation levels. Right. You can do the same things with your letters and your postcards mm-hmm. or your radio uh, announcements and... Um, promotions for your events again it comes back to observe and then analyze and then act right you you have to uh you have to be aware of what you've done right see how it performed and then be willing to make a change yeah that's good that's good so right right um audience right message right time right offer right offer what's the right offer Okay, so <laughs> going back to the different levels of giving, uh, you, you might have a major donor, you might have someone who's a consistent, regular donor, and then you might have someone who's on the fence, they've never given before. Hmm. Or they showed up at your event and participated by buying a ticket to, uh, you know, or they went to your fair and they participated by just getting knowledge of your, of your organization. Uh, you need to craft your offer or your appeal in a way that's going to be acceptable to that target. So it could be damaging to the relationship if you went to someone, um, again, knowing your audience, who had a, let's say, a low income level, and you asked them for a major gift that they, there's no way in con- that they could conceive of, of giving you mm-hmm. that gift. Mm-hmm. And now maybe you've hurt that relationship a little bit. You've turned them off because you don't know them. You have to give that, that appeal or that ask or that offer uh, to the people who should receive it. Hmm. Um, it'd be a bad idea if my organization were to have um, maybe partnered with a skate park ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And we invited, uh, you know, uh, performers and bands and things, and we had a whole big uh, show, food trucks. This sounds pretty good. I might it have does. to. Yeah, I but like then this. I invited a <laughs> bunch of people who had no skating interest. Right, yes. <laughs> like a grandmother that, you know, stopped skating 
30 years ago. Right, right. right. It, it just wouldn't fit. And so you, you don't want to match that audience or that appeal to someone who's not going to take interest yeah, in it. That's good. Um, and again, that comes back to knowing your audience mm. and figuring out who to send that offer to. You can also get really, to get really gritty with it, um, if you have a larger database and some history of giving, you could analyze the data and find out what, what level of giving they're at mm. and then craft your message in a way that it gives them an offer uh, for the appeal at that giving level. Right, right. And then you split your message, whether it be a letter or an email, um, down three or four different variations. Mm-hmm. And that, that can help quite a bit. So if let's say, for example, you're trying to move someone from first-time donor to a monthly donor. Right. Okay, great. We know that they consistently give every year during our spring event. Well, what can we do to make their gift larger and more consistent mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. a month. Um, and, and, you know, now they go from a one-time $100 donor to a 12-month mm-hmm. uh, $360 a year donor right. because we made the offer at a time when they were ready to step up their support of yeah. our organization. That's good. Right. good. So right, right, right message, right time, right audience, right offer. I'm leaving one out. Right package. Right package. Talk about that a little bit. Um, So there's this idea that I've been sharing called goal action presentation. If you figure out the exact goal you have for that appeal, uh, and and at some point you have to be a little bit selfish with this. You have to think in terms of what my organization needs or wants at a given time. So define that goal specifically. Mm -hmm. And then figure out what action you need your 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 visitor, your website visitor, or your uh, donor, or your letter recipient, that specific action that's going to get you to your goal the fastest. Mm. Um, And that might be to write a check. That might be to do an online donation. It might be just to buy a ticket to the event. Um, That action then has to be presented in a way that's appealing to them, Mm -hmm. that they are going to enjoy receiving. Could be a video message works best. It could be that an email works best. Or it could be that a uh, a letter works best. That package is important. Yes, yes. If you send a letter in a standard envelope and you neglect to put your brand's logo on there or you neglect to put any type of an intriguing offer on the outside, if it looks like a bill rather than communication from your organization, it's probably going to get stuffed in the trash or yes. lost in the, in the mail. I <laughs> yeah. love that. When they say, oh, I never got it. It was lost in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it lost their interest was mm, the thing. Right. And what you want to do is make that package as attractive as possible. Right. That means with emails, it means crafting the right subject line, uh, using intriguing graphics or something that's going to pull them in. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on the different media that you're using. But you craft a package that's going to be appealing to me. Right. And you're really talking about, Andrew's really talking about, um, we've got to do some thinking here a little you bit. Do, and yeah. we've got to think about, uh, and some maybe some are watching going, well, I gotta, that means i got to spend money to do that. The reality is yes. Um, and, and I think you said something there that we forget oftentimes. And I know we, uh, we talked about today with... Um, uh, with Bill and Kristen, actually, about loving on your donors, and we sometimes forget uh, in the nonprofit world, those are people that we are also serving. You may be serving the listener, you may be serving the abortion-minded young lady, who you may be serving the kid on the street that you're feeding in the third world, but ultimately, you also have to serve those donors, and so uh, we're going to be talking about that throughout the day. 
uh, too. But um, that, that's so important. Um, talk a, a little bit about, because I think one of the reasons, uh, not the only reason, but one of the reasons the packaging is important in the right time and all these things that Andrew's sharing with us, the reality is um, your nonprofit is competing. We don't like to think about that. But talk about how do we deal with competitors? Um, uh, how, how do we um, rise above some of the noise of other organizations that are out there? What are some things that, that we can do to, to, to be, uh, I don't know, to get people's attention? Right. So this is one of those parts that would seem daunting or frustrating, but it's actually can be one of the most fun parts of uh, breaking down your marketing plan. Gather up five competitors or five peers. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. when I think competitors, I think of people who are in my market. They're in my neighborhood, my community. Mm-hmm. These are people that we're up against dollar for dollar, that they're going for the same audience. They're meeting the same need, and um, they might have the same budget. They could be bigger. They could be smaller. But they are, for all intents and purposes, even though you're both trying to get the same work done, which is wonderful, you are both up against um, – limited resources mm-hmm. in your community, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah. whoever that community might be, um, on, a, on a local, national, or global scale. Now, find five of those competitors who you can observe and either uh, start receiving their marketing materials or snatch them up when you see them in public. Um, get a hold of what they're doing mm. and then review it. Also, check out five peers. Peers are different than competitors. Mm-hmm. Peers could be people in another market that are doing what you're doing and that you uh, you respect. You think, wow, when I see that letter come out or when I see that magazine spread or when I hear that radio promotion or I see photos from that event in the press release, um, I really think they must have their game together. Mm. right? And that's the other thing to keep in mind when you're researching your competitors and peers. When you're gathering materials that those five competitors and five peers put out so that you can analyze them, remember that they may not have it all together. Mm, mm -hmm. Those campaigns may not have been, you know, huge success in their eyes. All you can see is what they put out. You don't see the results. So take heart because if you don't know the results, then you can't, you know, you can't judge yourself too harshly Mm -hmm. on your results against what they presented if, if that makes right, sense yeah so then when when you get all these materials gathered up start to analyze them and break them down look for similarities look for the way that the packaging was presented did everybody send out postcards this year or did you have a smatter of postcards and a couple of letters did did they avoid direct mail altogether and stick with digital mm. if they're on uh, social media can you dig into the last um you know two or three years of posts uh and just cluster the appeals in one side the branding messages in the other side um, and see where they had similarities. And then then the fun part is to, well, maybe for me, I mean, I'm a marketing guy, so I, <laughs> someone out there right now is rolling their eyes and they're thinking, this sounds like a lot of work. Um, but once you, once you do <clears throat> see some similarities or things where you think you can match what they're doing, start matching what they're doing and do it a step better. Yeah, that's good. Right. That's good. You, you mentioned several... Um, marketing channels there uh so i want to talk about that but but i want to ask those watching 
uh, and encourage you to grab a pen, paper, if you've got your laptop or iPad or your phone, whatever you're taking notes on, hopefully you're taking notes. If you're uh, surrounded around the computer there with your team, uh, we're going to have a break here in just a minute of about 15 minutes, and there'll be a clock on the screen, and I want you to be working. Uh, what we tend to do, and I tend to do this too, Andrews, we'll go to conferences, we'll watch webinars, and after we watch the content, we'll move on to the next thing and assume that because we've watched it, we, we, we've, we've, we've also thought about how to execute it, and that's normally not the case. So we're going to give you about 15 minutes in a little while. There'll be a clock on the screen, and I've got, got some questions for you, some homework. So get ready, coming up in just a little bit. But you, you mentioned um, marketing, uh, some marketing channels in there. What are some marketing channels that that you use in your organization um, and maybe from your experience, what are the most effective marketing channels? Cause there are in our digital world. Now there are a lot of ways people right. can market. Sure. So some of the core methods, some of the core media that you can put out there um, again, we're all, we're all visual auditory and tactile, right? Mm -hmm. um, so if you're going to move someone's heart and you're going to put that appeal in the right package, You've got to think about where they're at. Again, goal, going back to goal action presentation. Mm -hmm. If you need them, uh, let's just do a straightforward example here. If you need them to give to your annual campaign, uh, and the best way to get that transaction to occur is to put a website landing page together, then you want to make that land that landing page, that website, as one example of um, of a media that you could utilize. You want to make it as appealing as possible. And you want to bring your message down to the refined point where you can offer that appeal and then make a, you know, a simple form that they mm -hmm. can enter and, and get that done quickly. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so websites are key. Mm -hmm. They can be like uh, they can be like an island in the middle of the ocean where you're sending everyone to and you can get a lot of work done on your website. Mm. So yes. spend the time and the investment in having a website that is uh, transactional and informative. Right. Okay. Talk, talk about that a little bit more because I, I know, especially um, with a large group of nonprofits that I serve, they think the website is just kind of an extra. Right. They may have a website. It may have staff. It may have a donate now button. Right. But really, um, that's it as far as the functionality. And, and you may land on the website and it may look like it did two months ago when you went to it two months ago. Right. How important is just again thirty thousand foot view? But yeah. how important is it changing some of that? And what are some of those key things that you would say that nonprofits should have on online? Certainly, keep up with your press releases, your news releases. If you're doing anything in the community, hmm. um, even if it seems small to you, uh, make a bit of a big deal about it. Um, let people know what you're up to in the community, mm. the mm. lives that are getting changed or the efforts you're taking to improve your organization or the work that's going into planning, executing, and then, uh, you know, and then show off that event mm. as well mm. um, or that appeal, you know, that campaign that you're under. And then when you're done with that, um, so often I think we we try to work up the audience, get them so, you know, like uh, in a fervor about mm -hmm. what we're doing and then we execute the campaign and we celebrate that, that the win has come in, but we fail then to go back and tell the audience yes. about that win. Yes. We fail to wrap up the story for them <clears throat> and give <throat> them the results. You know, Because of you, mm, we right. were able to meet our goal or 
these women's lives are going to be changed or this group is going to get what they need. Mm. Um, it's so important to come back because there are people out there who are, are observing your organization. They're not ready to move off the fence yet. Right. And they're watching you ask for uh, donations or support or participation. They see maybe that, that you got it. Mm-hmm. But then it's important to, to wrap that story up and let them know that everyone who participated was part of that result. Yes. And now this is where the uh, the gifts are going to go or the, the results of the campaign, you know, are going to uh, whose lives are going right. to impact. Wrap that story up for them as if they were a participant, even if they chose not to give in this appeal. Let them know they are part of the story and they're more than likely going to jump in and be part of the next story. That's good. So a couple of other media um tools that you can use of course a website it's going to be vitally important to have a strong updated website that's transactional it Mm. allows your guests to take action on you know giving or uh, registering for an event participating you also can use your website as a way to gather data to build your database out and simple forms that get them on your email newsletter or your email list uh, start simple. Keep the hurdle low. Name and email is all you need to gather mm-hmm. to start a, start a conversation. Um, once you start to work with them more deeply at events or whatever, then you can gather more details and build out a strong database with full name, full mailing address, mm-hmm. Full, mm-hmm. full phone number, different ways they want to be communicated with, things like that. But take your time. It's a relationship. It's That's not, right. um, you know, right. you're not trying to suck everything out of them at once. Right. Um, so then, you know, of course, once you start to build out your data, you can do different things with it. Uh, you capture a good mobile phone number. Now text messaging is very important to organizations mm-hmm. to remind people that you exist and what you're up to, to send out requests for appeals or participation in events. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't abuse text messaging because it is a bit invasive. Right. So you only want to say things when it's vitally important. Right. Um, Email, once you gather that email address, you can send out regular updates um, or you can send out appeal messages um, Mm. uh, or just exciting wins for your organization. People are always happy to be part of a winning team. So let them know what you're up to and when you're hitting big, big scores. Uh, Direct mail can be sent to the mailing address that you gather. Mm. Um, Maybe you run a contest and they have to fill out an entry form of some sort. Now you've got, you know, a new person who said, yes, you can contact me this way. So think about sending out, uh, you know, maybe a quarterly printed newsletter or an appeal letter at certain points in time that work with your organization. You can also send out simple postcards for save the dates on your events or um, let people know about, you know, what's coming up. So think in terms of uh, visual, audio, and and physical tactile things. Um, if your organization is there, then it's it's a good thing to get on radio or even podcasts these days. Get yourself into the ears of the listeners. Let them know that you exist by matching yourself with a radio organization in your area that is about the same things you're about, that mm. wants to reach mm. the same audience that you want to reach. Yeah. Um, that may not come in the form of an interview. Right. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, I'll get on radio, I'll tell people what I'm about, and everyone will be a part of you know the team now Mm. it's not maybe going to go that way but you can get some spots um produced and you can get you know in the background of the listener's mind um podcasts are a great way to do that as Mm -hmm. well uh become a presence on a couple of podcasts as a expert that they can interview and then um then i guess that segues nicely into digital media uh you want to have a presence on the and this is important right because you mentioned there's lots of different choices yes, in yes. social media or in digital marketing. Mm-hmm. 
you want to be on the one that your audience is on. Don't spin your wheels in in a platform that your audience isn't visiting. Right. Um, it might be wise to go and reserve the name, your organization's name on those platforms so that you have it and no one else can abuse it. Unfortunately, that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, someone might snatch up your name and then they're putting out a different message than you want told. And so that could damage your brand in the market. Mm. But if you reserve your name in a, in a platform, let's say a LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, um, Pinterest, YouTube, oh, yeah. it could be all over the no, place. Yeah. But if you're, if you're not producing videos, don't feel guilty about that. Um, if you're not connecting with people on LinkedIn, don't feel guilty about that. Find out where your audience is at and communicate with with them right, in right. that in that arena. What, what's what's so interesting is, is you can quickly um, get overwhelmed yes. with all the um, platforms that are out there, and so you've got to you, you've got to really think about which one, like you said, or which two uh, fit for us. Because uh, I know a lot of the nonprofits listening. Some of you are going, ah, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm right. do this. No, you choose the ones that work for you. And, and a lot of the things that you're talking about, I mean, if you find a, a, a young person who knows technology, you, you may have to spend some money investing in them. But there are there are platforms out there to do movies and podcasting and and graphics and all that. Most of us are outsourcing a lot of that. And so it costs more. So I would encourage you to find a young person, um, which will also help your ministry and your organization continue because there's people behind you that know the story and know what you're wanting to communicate. Uh, you got your pen ready? You got your your uh, laptop ready or your phone ready? Got some questions coming. I got one more question for Andrew, so so get ready. We're going to have a 15-minute break for you to talk around your table, or if you're uh, by yourself watching today, you can jot some notes, and we'll give you some time to think also. You, you mentioned this, and I know, again, we could talk about this at, at great length. Um, how important is your brand in marketing because you mentioned the envelope coming in and having your logo on it obviously that's a part of the brand but uh, how important for for those that are watching how important is the brand when it comes to sending out the message right so i used to live out west and um i see all these symbols all over the place when i first moved out there weird shapes you know and like strange names like mm. rocking J and um all these weird <laughs> things and i and i got thinking to myself like what, what was the purpose of all of these strange names and these funny symbols? So I started to ask some of the you know, people that lived out there who were long-timers, that were locals. Um, your brand was what you put on the hide of your cattle mm. so that you would know when it was time to round them up whose cow belonged to who. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they would sear that brand into the hide of that, that, the cattle, it was there for life. Right. Um, if you go to gather up all those cattle <laughs> and you've got somebody else in your herd, mm. um, believe it or not, some people used to change brands because then they could steal or cattle rustle. They would take that cow away from someone else. Right. But when it comes to your brand, when you identify the audience who is passionate about the same thing you're passionate about and they've raised their hand and they said, send me information and you start a conversation with them, and then they become a donor, they're taking on your brand. Hmm. So you need to craft a brand that's identifiable, recognizable when it's out there with all the other brands, and it's one that people are going to be eager to take on, Hmm. right? And to keep that clear, it means, again, getting back to that mission vision. 
being clear about what you're about. Hmm. Um, when you're clear about your purpose, you can convey that again, audio, visual, and tactile. Hmm. So if you're, if you're thinking that the brand is just the shape of the symbol, or just the logo that you've built. It's not. It goes right. further than that. That's right. In fact, that might be the, the very almost last place to refine your brand. Mm-hmm. Your brand is a, is, is a graphic representation of what you say you're about. Okay. That's right. Then your brand gets conveyed in the message that you put out, that tagline or that, um, that little snippet that you can say off the cuff mm-hmm. you know, with the radio station the right song at the right time. Right. It hits home with mm. so many people. Mm-hmm. And we hear that in letters that they send back, in phone calls that they, or when they see us face to face, they'll say, oh, it's it was the right song at the right time for me because, mm-hmm. and they get into that story about where they were at a point of heartache and they heard a song that God was able to use to speak to them. Yeah. And, and it's hands off for us at that point. Right. They've branded themselves they are carrying our message out for us, yeah. and and that's that's crucial. Your brand is also something that um, it'd be funny to see a bunch of cows running around with hot irons, <laughs> you know, stinging each other. But it it can get there, <clears throat> yes. And you can get passionate people who are carrying your brand out mm. into the market. They're requesting your bumper sticker. They want your mug or your coffee cup. Yeah. They want your shirts. They want to carry your message out there for you, and, and at that that's point, it's pretty amazing. Brand. Yeah, it's pretty pretty amazing at that point. Uh, hey, thank you, thank you. Uh, Andrew Jackson's been with us today, and his contact information will be on the screen in a little while if you want to reach out to him. Hey, if we can help you with any of the things we talked about, I, I know we've talked about a lot of things, and a thirty thousand foot view, a lot of details. Uh, I got some questions for you. We're going to throw these up on the screen in just a minute. But if we can help with any of the things we've been talking about today. Um, here at the Hartshire Group, we would be happy to do so. Um, reach out, get in touch with us. Uh, don't don't um, kind of sit there by yourself going, where are the resources to help me go where I need to go? Because they're available, uh, and we would love to help serve alongside your organization. So here's some questions for you. They'll pop up on the screen too, but I want to encourage you to jot these down and spend some time thinking about these as we wrap up our time with Andrew today. Uh, he mentioned five competitors, finding five competitors. Who are the five competitors in your area? I want you to spend some time talking about that with your team. Uh, five peers. Who are five peers that you look at and you go, wow, we want to be like them. They're in your industry, maybe not in your town, maybe somewhere else in the country. That you go, wow, I really want to model uh, what we do after those folks. Who are those five peers? All right. Uh, a couple more questions. How are you doing with your brand, your logo? Is it something you would want shared on national television that you would be proud of? <laughs> Think a little bit about your brand. And then how are you uh, crafting your message? Just a few questions for you to think about because those are so important when it comes to uh, marketing. So we'll give you some time to do that. Again, if we can serve you, reach out to us. And again, thanks to uh, Andrew for joining us today. Thanks for watching. If you'd like more information on today's topic, check out our resource page at our website, theheartsharegroup.com. You can also follow Jack on social media as well. Thanks for listening.